0: Dear God, we need you so badly, and it's always amazing as we come to these times and we just see all the work that you're doing and all the need that we have, and yet all the sufficiency in in you, in the Godhead. Dear Lord, we just pray that you would be with us in a very special way in this meeting, We realize that the topics we have to cover are not, uh, they are expressly hated by our enemy. And all of our topics are that way, but we know we are speaking very specifically against them this morning. And we just pray, Father, that your angels would encamp round about and that your Holy Spirit would fill this place. And that all evil and hindering spirits of every kind would be banished from this place. And, Father, that you would give us ears to hear and a mind and a heart to understand. We thank you, Father, for all the blessings of the Lord Jesus. And we ask all of these things in his precious name. Amen. You can be seated. I asked a few of you last evening how, how you were feeling, how it was going, and y'all looked kind of tired. That's how I f- felt and still feel. But bless you for, uh, just, you know, I picture the little the bird with his mouth open, you know. Just Fill me. And uh, I know how it is, I think I do, at least if you're like me. it's Some of this runs over the top, and that's okay. We just keep seeking and and relaxing in the Lord Jesus as he brings teaching to our mind. I had a uh, old gray-headed brother. I was at a meeting one time similar to this a men's uh, gathering and and uh, there were a group probably about three or four of us young brothers standing around and, and talking and he came up and and began sharing a little bit and uh, I forget what was said but he said He said this. He said, uh, just remember, it's not about one message or one speaker or one event. He said, it's God's work here. God is doing a work. And even in our prayer times, even who you happen to sit by, even the conversation at lunch, God takes all of these things and He does a work. And so, just... Relax in that work, I should say. I don't mean to relax in the sense of don't be earnest with God. But just realize that this time is the work of God. And moment by moment, session by session, nugget by nugget, He's giving you and I just what we need. I wanted to make a few comments. Um, and I, I don't want to, by saying this, I don't want to... Uh, I, I know what God is doing in your life is very important. And so don't let this take away from that. But it's always fascinating to me at this, kind of at this point of, of the meeting to step back just a little bit. And I'd just like to give you a little bit of what I'm seeing as God is putting some things together. You know, we've been looking at, in, in, in this session I've been looking at, I've been attempting to look at the elements of a real faith. That believes God will do that that He what He said He would, and and that we will respond in in the fullest strength of our will to do His will. That's really what we've been after. But if you look at the evening session, it started out with hypocrisy, and uh, basically duplicity of mind, and a call to discipleship, and. Uh, Let's see, what was the next, uh, the next morning we began uh, the teaching on uh, the Holy Ghost, and Brother Denny began to do that. And so we've got the, what do he say, uh, what's his name, where is he from, and what's he do? And we began to examine the Holy Ghost. And then in the evening sessions, I picture the evening sessions kind of like, uh uh, focused on us as an individual and just the, the, the purposeful heart of discipleship, but over here has been building the work of the Holy Ghost in us, and I just wanted to say this about, um, I, about the, the, the session yesterday and even the day before as far as what I talked about. I want us to get this clearly that I like to use the term the posture of the heart. And John has us in a real corner here, uh, Apostle John, because he's taking and and leveraging these truths of of God in us with what we must do and the power to do that. And so we went, for example, yesterday to modesty. And, you know, we might have hit kind of a hot-button topic there. Just as I went really specific. And yet, all I was trying to demonstrate, and I just want us to get this, and with music and, the, and with anything we talk about in this way, is there's, we've always looked at these people who, who when Jesus Christ came to earth and these disciples and were like, why didn't they get it? I mean, there He was. And yet, He's revealed these things to us. And, the, and the, I'm thinking now of the posture of the heart. And just the simple question: Am I willing to go where God wants me to go? And yesterday we talked about how He works uh, through the world with that outer ring of our of our bodies and our flesh, primarily. And yet the last area of that, the pride of heart, we'd like really this is an extension of that. The top, the uh, title of the message this morning is simply. Uh, Try the spirits, try the spirits, and we're just going to kind of, uh, we're just going to walk down through that. Today and see. I just want to share some burdens that's, that are on my heart that I think have, have that are that are contained here in this passage. But I don't. Uh, there, there's much more. You know, I, I was talking to a brother last night, and he just said, "The book of First John. It's just been amazing how many ways that God has worked with him through his life and studies in just the book of First John." But. I'm interested in this time. I'm interested in equipping disciples. And I'm I'm interested in getting a hold of things that seem small that God may think are bigger than we do. And I'm interested in the posture of our heart so that we can hear God and that we can run towards God. Try simply means to test. Literally or figuratively, by implication it means to approve. In other ways that's translated in the King James is allow, discern, or examine. So we're just wanting to, uh, uh, to test the spirits this morning. Now you remember Brother, uh, brother John's um, diagram of that body on the outside and that soul and that spirit. And I believe if I have this right that the middle ring is where the emotions and the mind and the will is. And what I'm going to, we're going to read through these passages here in 1 John uh, 2 and 1 John 4 and then I'd like, I'd like to go back through those and we'd like to go to a few other places and see what is happening here but what I'd like you to have in your backdrop of your mind this morning is that is that the spirit works with our spirit you remember the uh, in your memorization his spirit bears witness with our spirit with our emotions with our will with our we just know in there that we are the sons of god and i think that is the level on which the topic this morning speaks because there are spirits In the world. And there are voices in the world. And they have a very specific job. And interest. And that is to deceive us. And to get us off the trail. In uh, the second chapter here. Verse 26. I just want to lift this out. Before we go through this. He just says. uh, This is his purpose for writing this. I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. And they want to draw us away. They want to lead us away by any means. Let's read here in uh, 1 John 2. And I'd love to be having you read, but I'm a little concerned about time. And so I'm just going to press through some of this uh, for... uh, just for the sake of time and and to keep this all together. 1 John 2 and verse 18, we're going to start reading. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, by which we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they are not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Now we'd like to come back to that verse in a few minutes. Verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, an anointing, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because... I'm sorry. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whoso denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning." If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also continue in the Son. That's what we've been hearing about. That which we've heard from the beginning, that Spirit of God, then we will be able to continue in Him and in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him. When he shall, when he shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that, if ye know that he is righteous, Ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Now let's turn over to the fourth chapter. And we'd like to read the first three verses there. Specifically speaking of spirits and the spirit of Antichrist. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the, word, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. I'm sorry, I've got a problem catching these knots. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. I'm sorry, I was mixed up. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. And let's just read the next verse. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Speaking of those spirits, or that spirit of Antichrist. I tremble at this subject because we do not completely understand the spirit realm. But we do have some indications here, and I want to, I want to just lift this before you that the reality is, is that often men are heavily influenced by either one spirit or the other, the Holy Spirit or evil. And there is a very real part of that, as Brother John has been talking about, that is just simply our will. And I don't want to, I guess what I'm trying to say is, we, he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And that's where our focus should be. You know, there's a problem with seeing a demon around every uh, uh, street lamp post sometimes. And as people get in this this mentality and they basically, they can't see it. And I think what happens is this thing just gets us all in a turmoil and we uh, we cannot function logically. We need to go to the Word of God and see what God says about this and walk in Him. Abide in Him and we aren't going to have to worry. But there's a problem. I'd like to take you back to the fall of Satan. And I'd like to remind you what happened there. Can anyone tell me what two qua- character qualities were present? Pride. Pride thank you. Rebellion. Rebellion. And I've, I had a third one in mind. Selfish. Selfishness. Was he truth? Was he of the truth? No. The Bible says he is the father of lies. And so we are operating with with an enemy that is extremely crafty. And he has a lot of pride. And it's his weak spot because he is discernible. And he operates. he He cannot be humble. I don't believe he can be humble. And so we need to be humble. As we examine these principles and as we, as we talk through some of these things this morning, we need to quietly examine our hearts and say, Lord, am I, am I quiet before you? Am I susceptible to something uh, where he's going to affect My drivers in life, the things that drive my purposes and my motivations. Am I susceptible? Do I have open areas where He can come in and work with me? Let's jump back here to the second chapter, and I want to talk about something very quickly. It's very interesting in verse 22. And, and in verse 21, he says, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And there's something about separating the Father and the Son in this, in this area. And what I'm going to tell you is that this is one half of the uh, people who are living in delusion, the false religions and things out there is the denial of the deity of Christ. It's separating the Father and the Son. Verse 23, "Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also." And you remember, I can I'm not going to go back in and read all these scriptures in First John. But, and back in John, remember we were, and we hope to do that tomorrow, Lord willing, is to do more comparison between the Gospel and the, and the book of 1 John. But you remember there in the 17th chapter, He is in me, and I am in you. And when you are in me, when you have seen the Son, you have known the Father, it's resting in the deity and the Godhead of, of the power of Jesus. Now, um, there are, uh, you know, I think uh, Islam would deny, would would acknowledge the person of Christ, but they would deny the deity of Christ. And there's many other religions that would do that. Now, let's turn over here to the fourth chapter again. Again. And I'm just going to read this again. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ hath come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard, that it should come even already now, is in the world. I think this is the denial of the humanity of Christ. In your memory verse, turn back to and you can all just memorize it, but I'm going to turn or speak from memory, but I'm going to turn back to the third verse of the 8th chapter for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. God in sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in his very flesh. He was holy. He was the only man that's ever lived that was perfect, and He condemned sin in His flesh. And when we divorce the Spirit from the flesh in Christ, and we say, that it's all in my heart, and it's all Spirit, and I don't have to do these things, I don't have to follow Him. Yes, we, go, we come to Him in the Spirit, and we follow Him in the flesh, and I think that is the message of 1 John is, is He is in you and you must be in him and walk in him. It, there's no discrepancy. The power is of him, but the purpose of heart must be there, and we must believe in that feature. <clears throat> now let's turn back again to the second chapter. And we'll go on to the 24th verse. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. I was actually, um, I think we'll just go ahead with this. When I read this, and when I read this, it rings some bells with me. I don't know how many of you have spent some time in the book of Jude. But I'd like to turn over to the book of Jude. Now let's just go through this real quickly before we do that. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, Ye shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. And if we turn back just a few books there to the book of Jude, we see that He gave all diligence to write of them to them of the common salvation in verse 3. And it was needful for Him, for him to write unto them and to exhort them and us that we should earnestly contend for the faith once delivered. You see, what is happening here is, is John is very jealous over true faith and truth. And we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of God. And we're also talking about walking in Him. But now we're talking about other voices and other things that, that are affecting the Spirit. And he says, try the spirits. Discern the spirits. And then he begins to walk down through here. Now I want to... Um, Let's just go down through here. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord... having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed them that believed not and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he hath left in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh and despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Yea, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he, dis- he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally is brute beast, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and have ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Now, I want to stop right there. How in the world does this have anything to do with First John, you may be thinking. You remember that we read, I believe it was yesterday, If you turn back to the third chapter, and this was in the context of love now, but these these themes are so tightly woven together. But it says, For at, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. I would like to propose this morning, and maybe hopefully this isn't propositional truth, but... Um, I am. I really think that there is a key, several keys here to understanding the essence of spiritual deception. You know, did you remember when we read in the first chapter of First John that he said, "We these that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye may have fellowship." with us why did he say that and then again here as we read this morning they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would no doubt have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us and we would say if any one church said that today we would say wow they think they're it how can they have that kind of authority But I want to, to get to the heart of the Apostle John and, and of Jude here the, in, the, in the passage that you memorized in Timothy. How's that go, that, that, that you give this to faithful men? Can, can someone quote that verse? That heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men, who shall be able to teach also. Amen. Thank you. And so there's a burden here but with these with these men that faith that faith that was once delivered be delivered down through and there there's certain things in the um there's certain things that are running as roadblocks to that to that faith There's two threefold patterns in the book of Jude And I'd like to look at those really quickly and I think they are very pertinent to this subject. And the angels. Well, the first one was the children of Israel in verse 5. The Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, But left their habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. And all three of these are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, these filthy dreamers defile this flesh, number one, Despise dominion, number two, and speak evil of dignities, number three. I think those are three big time keys for discerning the spirits. Because evil spirits and the spirit of darkness is about deceiving, and they're about pride, and they are about, as John uh, mentioned, they are about coming in through our senses. And now we've been instructed these last few days to love not the world. We've been instructed to um, to to be in this, to be abiding in Him, and to not let these uh, to not let this this thing get a hold of us. Now, if we look at If we look at... We'll just go down through here uh, one more time. Woe, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and they have ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for a reward, and they have perished in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots in your feast of charity, for when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars in whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now what is the way of Cain? The way of Cain, I think, is this. Cain wanted to be right. He wanted to be correct. But he wasn't. He wasn't right with God. He wasn't doing what was right with God. And so he got angry at his brother Abel because he was being right. And I would say that this is a a big thing in our Christian world today. Where we, we, we want us to be the standard. We do not want Christ to be the standard. We do not want to come to that Holy Spirit of anointing. And they ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for a reward. Now Balaam, you remember, he couldn't curse the people because he wasn't allowed of God. And so he sulked around about it and he really wanted that money and he was really in tune with the, the flesh and he really, he really wanted to do that because he wanted the money. He really wasn't a spiritual individual, I don't think at all. I don't, I'm fascinated at how he could even be a prophet. Um, and so what he did is he went back behind the scenes and he taught Balak and his people how to seduce Israel. I think that that is happening happening in the Christian church today. I think there is things happening on the larger scene. And we are being enticed by things. And Brother Pete hit really the package he gave us last night. I'm just bearing testimony to that so true. And then the last one is perished in the gainsaying of Korah. And you remember Korah. And he went to the door of his tent and Moses said, tell Korah and Adathan and Abiram to, to come up here. And they said, let him come get us. Now, Some historical study on Korah, I believe he was probably about the same age, at least some people feel like he was about the same age as Moses, and maybe a cousin. And I think he was very jealous, and he wanted things for himself. And he was very prideful. But more than all of that, the big mistake was that he did not recognize the authority of God. And I want to talk just for a moment because I think this is so key about authority of God and the delegated authority of God and how that, can, how that uh, plays into discerning the Spirit's. 1 Corinthians 11. And we have God. We have Jesus Christ. And we have the man. And we have the woman. And it makes it very clear that Christ gets His authority from God. The man gets His authority... From Christ, and the woman needs to come under the authority of the man, and, and that's a. She's on equal footing as far as salvation, but God has, has delegated authority. And God is uh, very jealous over this authority, and Satan is a rebel, he hates authority. And he's proud. And as Christ learned obedience by the things he suffered and God said I want you to do this. And he was here on this earth. Now this was done in heaven. This is an amazing thing. in the Godhead prior to them coming to Christ being incarnated, there was, I think, 100% agreeance to go. But Christ in His flesh looked in that cup as we heard with Brother Joe the other night. And he said, Lord, do I really have to? And he said, Thy will be done. And he submitted to the headship of God. And I think that there's all kinds of phrases and I I'm not going to just go to each one of them here in, in the, but we get that feeling as we go through 1 John that we need to be in Him as He is in God and when we're in Him that means we are we are in all of the established channels of authority that He has does that make sense? a little foggy Our world is idolizing rebellion. And our world is calling biblical submission um, all kinds of things. But I think that this, these verses in 1 John, when he, when he has the authority to say they went out from us, and they were not of us because they if they had been of us they would no doubt have continued with us but when they went out but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. I think when he said that and he said indeed that you may have fellowship and he made it clear that this fellowship was in the context of a, of a, of a shepherding reality and, and I think it really gets back to what Pete was saying last night about about uh, community and and that and the heritage, not in the sense of a specific like, like German Baptists or something. I'm thinking more in the sense of the heritage of God's people and of that faith once delivered. I have the sense I'm not maybe getting through here. <laughs> Let's go back here and read through these passages one more time. Verse 18 of the second chapter of First John. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard that the Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. And I want to speak a little bit about that. What he's saying there is when we are born of the Spirit, and the Spirit of God is in us, the Spirit communicates with our spirit and gives us warnings. And I want to just tell you a story of something that happened in Ohio about four years ago, I think it was, or five And there were a group of young folks helping a sister whose husband had died. And after that um, day, that work day, they were all gathered around a campfire, and they were singing and visiting and just having a nice evening. Were any of you there from Ohio? I called, uh, I called a, a sister in our district sat last Saturday and just verified this, the, the, reality, you know, the details of the story. But it so happened that this lady had a, had a friend, or a, not a friend, a neighbor, that come over often and talk to her. And they heard him, come, he rode a motorcycle, and they heard him coming down the road, and he was singing very loudly. like obnoxiously loud and he's revving his motorcycle and it was just a quite a spirit of of something (laughs) and he come cruising down there and I think maybe saw the campfire or something and came over or he comes over and talks to to her once in a while and he got real interested in this group of young people over there and he come over and he began to to tell and, and he had quite a bit going on in his life and he had he had been through quite a few things, and he just got louder and louder, and he was telling all these miracles that God was doing, and it was amazing stuff. He would—he told how that—that that, uh, uh, he had a friend that lived up near Napanee, I think, Indiana, and and somehow he he prayed, and he was able to transfer, and get all of his pain, and this man was healed, and I mean, he would just. And this thing was going so fast and so furious. And there was like this intrigue because there's, there's something here. There's something, like Brother Pete said, there's spirituality here. And, and there were some in the group that were maybe more charismatically inclined. And they, they were really fascinated and wanted to get to know a little bit more about this. And there were others that were more quiet. And they were like, this is too much. And this thing just kept going on and on. Anyway, I'm not sure how it all ended up or how he left. But um, Lisa said that they all had a, uh, they just kind of had a feeling something wasn't right in their spirit. That's what he's talking about here. You have an unction from the Holy One. And God gives us that sense if we are walking in humility and we are quiet before Him and we are, we are doing what we should do. There's a very real protection in that sense from these things. But anyway, and this sounds kind of crazy, but I'm just going to tell you what they told me. I heard this from several different youth. But there were like six incidents just out of the blue that night Things like looking at an odometer. Um, I can't even remember what what the others were. But there were six incidents of the, the number 666. Well, you'd think, you know, that happens all the time. Just incident. But here was the thing. One of the sisters was at home, and she had a child on her lap, her niece. And she would often let her just play with the keyboard on the computer And these brethren were, were, you know, they were unsettled about this thing. This man was pushing in. There was something about him. It was really flashy. But somehow in the course of typing, this child, it was like gibberish, gibberish, gibberish. And then there was a phrase implanted in there, gibberish, gibberish, gibberish. And this sister looked up and it said, believe not every spirit. And these young folks begin to put their heads together and they renounce that thing in the name of Jesus. There was something strange about this. Now, I, this, I realize this is a, probably not going to be necessarily our experience in the everyday. And But God is jealous over you. And God wants you. And He does not want you to be deceived. He does not want you to get caught up in in something sensational that's not true. But he's, most of his indicators that he's given us are not going to be that clear. But praise his name that he warned those young people that day. And they, they believed that with all of their heart. And they resisted that. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whoso denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath also the Father. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning, if that which ye have heard from the beginning, shall remain in you. Ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. I think that just includes this whole package. I think it includes believing that the Son was manifest. That this is real and this is for me. I think it it means believing that fellowship is sweet and rich and full. I think it, it, it means believing that we have an advocate with the Father. And when we sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It's believing that the power of His Spirit can be ours and can be within us. And it's believing that love is about all of our strength and believing in greater possibilities and pressing towards reconciliation. I didn't get this said the other day, but we have been made ministers of reconciliation. And it's believing that that spirit within us Will go do that thing. And if, if there's insolvable issues, it's not going to be because the spirit, you know, the spirit can knock on hearts. I think it's believing that the worldliness and taking that step out of that thing, having belief running towards God and cutting off the other things. It's all of these little things. That's what he means by abiding. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also continue in the Son, and therefore in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised you, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you, concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye needeth not that any man teach you. But that same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie even as it hath taught you ye shall abide in him and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have the confidence and not be ashamed at him before his coming. I want to give you a little testimony of my elder brother Lowell and myself I I want to I want to share what I think we have discounted in our world these sins of Korah the sin of Cain and was the other one the sin of Balaam We've kind of talked about the sin of Cain and the sin of Balaam especially. But I'm thinking especially today of that gainsaying of Korah, that rebellious spirit. I just now thought I haven't asked my brother for permission to share this. And I I trust that he would be okay with that. We... Uh, had a situation that we were working very closely with where there was there was obvious demonic influence and we had worked with this several times and we had uh, unitedly together under the authority of God's word we had we had Let's bow our heads. Kind Father in heaven, we come before you just now in Jesus' name and in his power and under the power of his blood. And we resist any evil, Father. And we ask, Father, that you would clear up my mind. I just pray, Father, that you would speak the message of truth to discern the spirits here in this time and I just pray father that you would be magnified and that our focus would rest in you prayed in Jesus name, Amen. Amen. (coughs) So we had been working together there and uh, I'll just say it like this many times we had already worked in the situation and it was very obvious that the spirits, even though there were, a, there were complexities of issues that were not allowing release there, it's very obvious that the spirits knew the authority of God and hated the authority of God and were afraid of the authority of God. But this particular time, as we began working with the situation it became obviously obvious that we were being mocked. And we would go to prayer. And one time in prayer, the Lord brought to my mind, and God forbid, but brought to my mind how I had been thinking about my brother, my elder brother in the church of God. And I had been thinking, despising thoughts of him. And thoughts like, you know, I, I'm not sure. uh, I think I could probably handle this a little bit better over here. And I'm not sure that maybe he sees everything on this side of things. And what was happening was I was despising the authority of God. And I was raising myself up in pride. And that hit my mind. And we got up from prayer. And I said, brother, I'd like to go out. Let's go outside a moment. And we went out. And I said, brother... I have sinned against you. And I have raised myself up against you. And here's what I have had the thoughts. And I just shared my thoughts with him. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, when we were praying right there, it just seemed like that came to my mind. And he put his arm around me and I put my arm around him and we bowed our heads and we prayed to the God of heaven. And we humbled ourselves. And he forgave me fully. And I felt so free. I didn't even hardly know that existed. And what happened when we walked back in that room, you could have, it was like someone hit the lever on a 480 volt current. The head jerked around, the eyes were sharp, and the authority was present. And I share that only for this purpose. We are in a world that tells you that it doesn't matter. And I don't feel like I've done a very good job of tying all these scriptures together. But the message I want us to get today is that he is a liar. He is after you. And that God's authority and God's designated order is part of this beautiful call to us. This call upward. And the thing of Christian submission. The thing of a head covered in the honor of a man. Veiling the hair, covering the glory, is no token. Just a token, I should say. It is something that God established because He wants His authority to be very clear. I believe, especially even that my faith was much strengthened from that incident, that even if you are in a defunct church, which we aren't really... My situation, I don't feel that way. We've always had room for growth. But even if we're in a defunct church, I am amazed at the authority that rests in God's chosen men. Be careful. So, as young people, we're under our parents, we are under our pastors. Sisters, you are you are under the men in that sense, and I just want you to be very jealous over these areas. And I think, I think it will it will allow that voice of the Holy One, that anointing within us, when we are there and we are quiet. There, I'll just tell you, I don't know of something more beautiful than a quiet woman who is submitted to her God and submitted to her authorities. And it's not like she's wrestling against that thing. She, just, she wants to be there because that's where God said. And then over here as us brethren, as we are submitted unto the authorities in our life in every way we know how, and I realize some of you have, have complex situations. I'm not trying to throw confusion on that. I think, this, I think we can work with this on an individual le- uh, basis and work through those and seek the mind of God as we come at this from all these different angles. But I just want to beg you this morning. We are coming into some very challenging times, I believe. We've heard that here. And I honestly don't know. Someone sent me an email last week. That said, in October of this year, there will be a currency change, and all of these major banks have, are in it, and it is, it's like going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, there may, be, there may not be a Bible school next year. We may literally be running. And you see, the, the, the importance of this teaching is that this would be in us, and we would be in Him. So that these Antipas situations, that we have that abiding in us and we, there is nothing blocking the flow of the power of God and the beauty of His work. Because here's what happens when we line up with this and we, we have this thing in authority. What happens is there's a pipeline And I realize we've been talking a lot about pipelines this week. But maybe it's the same thing. There's fellowship, yes. But there is power. And there is authority. And what happens is straight from God, down through His faithful people, flows authority and power. And His will is done. And hearts are touched. And the devil is destroyed. You see what I'm saying? It's opportunity. It's blessing. It's not something that somebody just wants to impose on us as youth. You know, all this list of ugh. Where it's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus that He could flow through us. That we could just experience reality. Quiet reality with Christ. And the power of God